0: i just want to do god's will the kind of revolution that the world needs is a christian revolution if you want a miracle you've got to expect it to happen you are the recipients of god's grace
1: and god's blessings and you rejoice in that reality
0: welcome to life today live randy robinson here hope you're doing well uh i'm fighting a little bit i'm singing a little bass today but that's all good we all fight something and uh you know a lot of people have been fighting some some serious issues uh, with their mental health and we need to address those and so we're going to do that my guest today is jonathan Seidel. great to have him back on the program and he he wrote a book uh, a couple years ago i guess called finding rest this is what it looks like. It's got a new workbook out uh, that's really good for helping people walk through this kind of thing. Uh, and he's, he's dealt with this personally uh, and helped other people walk through this difficult journey. I'm excited to have him, John. Good to see you, man, how you doing?
1: Randy, so good to be back here. Thank you for having me. Do, doing well and I'm excited to talk about the topic.
0: So on, on the topic, I mean, since you are very open about your own struggle, um, how are you doing?
1: You know I'm doing well, I think, um you know, I think last time we talked, and I'll reiterate this today as well Is is this is an ongoing battle for me, right? And so there are peaks and valleys just like if someone's, you know struggling with uh, with cancer. um there are peaks and valleys. And so um this this last fall, I went through a valley, and now I feel like I'm coming up onto a onto a peak. um and so uh, so i'm 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 doing well. I'm doing well.
0: Okay, so for for someone who may be in the valley and wondering if there's ever going to be a peak again because I know hope is a big thing. What what do the valleys look like and how do you get out of them?
1: Yeah, so for me, I think and and I did some great work with a with a Christian therapist this um this winter as well to kind of identify some of the things that are in a sense, triggers, right? Or, or, or that really bring me down into those valleys. And um, so, for me, it's, it's. I talk about in the book, even though the book is generally about anxiety and OCD, there's been some depression that's come along with that. And so, um, this winter, I just kind of went through one of those. And, and I wish it, I wish it was logical, right? I wish it all made sense. I wish there was a formula, if you will, that said, okay, when X, Y, and Z happens, you know, be on the lookout. Now, I have identified some of those smaller triggers. So, for example. Randy, I, I grew up in Wisconsin. And uh, uh, in the winter in Wisconsin, it's dark. It, it's dark. It gets dark at about 4.30, right? Jeez. And so what I realized is um, here, uh, when we switch the clocks and it gets darker earlier, I have to be more aware of that, that I'm taking extra precautions for my mental health, right? Um, and so that was one of things. So it, it kind of looked like depression, um, this winter. And, and my wife and I went through some, um, some hard times with, um, with some business, um, uh, some business things. And, um, and so I, I, how do you get out of it? I think that's a great question. I think for me is I do the next right thing, right? Um, I think when you look in the Bible and you look at the Sermon on the Mount and you, and you, you read what Jesus says is, um, he tends to break things down in smaller steps. It's actually one of the things I talk about in the book. And yeah. so um, uh, I try to just take those next right little steps um, that that Jesus has prepared for me and has given me. And I seek his wisdom and I seek the counsel of others. And I just continue taking steps and those steps involve prayer, they involve meditation, they involve, you know what? I don't really feel like reading, you know, morning and evening this morning or, or um uh the great one from from Paul Tripp that I love new morning mercies um but I'm going to do it anyways I'm going to be obedient right so I take those little steps and uh, it's not magic you know overnight but that um what what was I forget who who said it um it was a famous preacher that said basically that slow that slow obedience right that kind of yeah. builds in snowballs and so that's what I uh found to be true in my own life
0: how do you how do you stay there? How do you, is there any, are there any tips to keeping it, the anxiety or the depression away?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great question. You know, um, there's, a, there's a little, uh, there's a little graphic that I have in the book and and now the new workbook that I even expand, expound on, excuse me, um, a little bit more. And so I, I, I I've explained that mental health is like a stool, right? And so if your mental health is on the top, right, the, the top of the stool, there's kind of three legs that i have learned in my journey uh brain body and spirit Mm -hmm. and if any of those legs is out of whack well guess what you're going to topple over right you need all three of those things now i'm not going to pretend like you know you know when you go to um the restaurant and you sit down at that table and you know one of those legs is a little off and you're in (laughs) in that (laughs) wobbly table you're sticking sweet and low packets under there i'm not gonna pretend that. Um, e- even though I know I consciously have to be um, working on all three, that it doesn't get a little wobbly. And so what I what I tell people is, we need to be focusing on. It. So for 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 brain, you know, we've talked about this in the past. There's there's uh, medication stuff that I take to help me. Um, body, what I have learned is I have to be conscious about whether it's exercise, whether it's about food. Um, So, for example, I don't drink um, caffeine in the afternoons, Mm -hmm. right? Caffeine raises what's called cortisol. Cortisol is basically an anxiety producer in your brain. Mm -hmm. So I stay away from caffeine in the afternoons. I run and I hate running. (laughs) I hate running, Randy, right? But I know that for my body, it helps me, right? When my feet hit the pavement, um, there's something chemically that happens in your brain, which is scientifically which is scientifically proven. So I ran two half marathons last fall and running wow. on another one um, next month. Again, not because I'm some ultra, like they would not put me on the cover of runner's world, <laughs> trust me, <laughs> you know, but um, so that's that's another thing that I do to try to make sure that I stay there. And then spirit, right? is I need to be in the word. I need to be consistently praying. I need to be constantly talking about the things of the Lord. Right. And so um, those are the things that I'm doing on a regular basis to make sure that I try to stay in those valleys. And listen, sometimes despite your best efforts, right, um, things can happen. And so what I tell people is, you know, they'll, they'll ask me, so on which one is more important, right? Mm-hmm. You, you ask the question, how do you say that? And I say, wherever you find yourself most deficient in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. So last spring, I, I found that I was really deficient in my body. And so I lost seventy pounds, wow. right? I went on a a exercise and eating regimen that I knew I, I needed. i was I was put on cholesterol medication, um and I just was unhealthy, right? My spiritual life was great. my 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 brain, if you will, was great. Um, so, so that's kind of what I tell people.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting. You know, I I think running is only for when someone's chasing you. Uh, that's <laughs> sort of my philosophy towards running. Uh, I'm happy to do it if I need to get away. But no, seriously, I I do think in the Christian community, um, we can emphasize the spirit obviously, uh, and which involves the mind to a, a large degree, but not completely. We, we tend to sometimes, I think, ignore the body and, and what yeah. you're saying about the, the exercise, the diet, finding out what triggers your own body because we're not all the same. It's not one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think is um, maybe overlooked sometimes and excused even sometimes in the church.
1: Yeah, you know if you think back to, and I can't remember the exact name and you might know better than me, Randy, but if you, if you look back at like the ancient church heresies, well, w- one heresy was treating us only as spiritual beings, mm-hmm. right? And another heresy was treating us only as physical beings, mm-hmm. right? They were they, they were they both missed the mark of the true gospel right and so i think we have a tendency to do the same and and um in in a very similar way when it comes to treating mental health i do think historically then the church the church has treated it only as a spiritual issue right well the world treats it only as a physical issue right what i tell people, it's both and it's it's right down the middle right um i'm a spiritual being that has a physical body right i gotta treat both of those things and what i tell people is if I can't, you know, if my anxiety um on a normal day is at an 8, let's say. You, you know, the the medication, the exercise, that's bringing my anxiety level down to a 4. Mm. At an 8, it's really hard for me Randy to have the spiritual conversations, to have the discipline, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. At a 4 though, by the grace of God and the common graces that he's allowed me to experience, well then I can then I can put in that spiritual work, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think one thing that is, it's difficult for all of us, uh, is, is knowing what to deny ourselves of, whether it's a certain kind of food or, uh, a certain kind of pleasure, um, or even, you know, binging that thing on Netflix, The, the things that are detrimental to us, we have to, you know, sort of take up that cross and let these things die. Um. What have, you, what have you had to kind of let die or purposely kill? Because there's two ways to go at it. One, you can go at it hard. The other, you can just let it atrophy, you know, uh, deny it. What have you killed off in your life that has actually helped you flourish?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll um, give you some practical things and then some spiritual things. So on a practical level, right, um, uh, you're talking about taking care of the body and how I lost weight. Man, I, I, my body loves carbs, Randy. <laughs> it's like I have never met a potato chip that I didn't like, right? Um, I love sweets, right? Well, I've had to cut those out. And I'm not, telling, I'm not saying, Randy, don't eat a Snickers just because no. I'm not eating a Snickers, right? right. right? I, I know that, that, that for my body type and the way my body craves those things, that's not good, right? Because it's harder for me to stop once I start, right? So um, that's a practical one. There are certain TV shows, Randy, that I um you know, that I know some Christians watch and and have no conviction about and and I'm not trying to be the Holy Spirit to them. But I know that they they can produce an anxiety a, a natural anxiety within me, oh, yeah. right? So I've cut, you know, I've cut those out, right? Um, so those are those are two really um, um uh, practical things. and and I guess you could say even the second one is semi um semi spiritual right because i know what it does to my my spirit right so those are those are kind of two of the things that i've had to um to let die but then on a on a very even you know more spiritual level when i started studying and really looking into my own anxiety and ocd and and, and wrestling with the lord in a good way one of the things that he revealed to me on the spiritual side is john you have a pride issue now i guess we all have pride issues right but especially for someone with anxiety and ocd it comes down to i want to control everything right and i think i can right like i but but the truth is i make a really lousy god (laughs) and we all make really lousy gods right so one of the things that i've really had to make war on um, especially since getting my diagnosis and, and kind of having this revealed to me is I need to make war on pride that says I am so capable of doing it all on my own, right? I can just figure this out because my, my OCD is, it's called intrusive thought OCD, right? So it's not necessarily, you know, people think of like a Howie Mandel who washes his hands a lot. Listen, I, my wife would probably love me to wash my hands more, <laughs> you, you know? So mine doesn't manifest in that way, but it comes in intrusive thoughts that constantly ruminate over something. Did I do that right? Did I not do that right? Did I say that right? Did I say that wrong? And the idea is if I just think about it a little bit more, I can convince myself I can, you know, I can take control. Right. So so for me, it's it's I need to make war on on pride, not necessarily in the normal way that you might think of like a a haughty spirit, right? right. It's not that. It's it's I want to control. And if you think in the garden, Randy, isn't that like the 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 one of the earliest sins right the serpent said to eve basically he appealed to her pride god's lying to you you can be like god he just doesn't want you to you know he just doesn't want you to be like him right so that's um that's one of the things i've I've really had to had to put to death on the cross if you will
0: and and that's good and and i appreciate you saying that you're not the holy spirit for others because it's really not the same for every single person. I mean, there are absolutes. There, there are things in scripture that are very clear. I want to be clear about that. There are certain things that are that are just wrong, obviously like murder is wrong. You know, uh, uh, sexual impurity is wrong. We can go down the list of absolutes, but there is there is a lot in between. And that, that's why Christianity, Christianity isn't just a set of, it's not like we've created a New Testament law. We don't live under the old law, but now we have a New Testament law and people want to do that but it's really about a relationship, learning to hear the voice of the shepherd and obedience. Come to him, hear him, obey him, carry it out. And so, I, 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 I the conversations like this, where we're dealing in a, a lot of areas that are not hard and fast for everyone, can be a little difficult. But I think it's, I think it's healthy to give people room for some grace. Um, mm-hmm. but yet also say you, you, you've got to do some of the work on your own. You, you, you know, not everybody can do it for you. Not every book can tell you exactly what to do because there's, there's your own. And I think a critical step, and you've mentioned this a couple of times, is talking to someone else about it and a qualified, I think a Christian counselor is the best way to go, but I think they also need to be qualified you know, uh, in the, in, in the sense that they need a little educate, they need to know what they're talking about yes. a little bit. How much has being able to talk through these things with someone else who knows what, you know, what they're dealing with, but also has the element of faith. How critical has that been for you?
1: Mm, so critical. And so in fact, what I tell people, <clears throat> you know, I've talked about this being an ongoing battle. And by the way, what that means for me is, listen, Randy, I, I, pr- I pray every day that the Lord would take this away. He hasn't, right? And so there's something more that he wants me to learn, to dig out, to root out, to, to whatever, right? And so well, this fall, um, or excuse me, this winter, I went back to a Christian therapist. And, and I'm really glad to hear what you said there. I mean, personally, what I do is uh, I find a licensed counselor who is a Christian. Right. And so to your point, they have kind of the educational foundation. They understand even just what, what the world is doing. Right. And then infuse faith into that. Um, So that's, that's just been my personal route. And so I went back to my therapist um, who is a counselor, but is a Christian. And man, we had some great discussions. some things that I didn't even you know, I've been I've been doing this, um, talking about this stuff since 2016, right? Been struggling it with with uh, with it for longer, but I've been talking about it. Now we're going on seven years. I still go back. I still have to go in for what I call tune-ups and check-ups, right? Now sometimes <laughs> those tune-ups are one session. Some sometimes those tune-ups are you know, you, you know, a, a month or a month and a half, right? This this latest round was about a month, right? And so uh, for me, you know, the Bible talks about iron sharpening iron. And I think a lot of what that comes down to is we all have blind spots, right? That we can't see. That's why they're blind spots, right? If we could see them, we wouldn't need that 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 mirror, right? And so these uh, the, the people that we talk to and seek counsel from, um, they help us see blind spots. And if you're married out there, you know, that your spouse is a great blind spot <laughs> blind spot checker for you. Sometimes when you're actually physically driving, right? <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> um, so, so we we need that. I I also though wanted to go back to something you said that I thought uh, something kind of popped in my head that I thought would be good is you're talking about being the Holy Spirit for for other people. And and you know if you think about um, you said something about a shepherd, right? And if you think to a shepherd and and you play uh that analogy through. Listen, there are some sheep who have a propensity to, you know, to wander off more than others. Well, those sheep, you know, man, they need to be, you know, sometimes they need to be hogtied, right? Sometimes they need to be carried over the shoulder. Well, well, well this sheep over here, man, he's he's right as rain, right? I mean, he's, you know, he just loves being in the pasture and the, and the shepherd doesn't have to correct him as much. And so I, I let's 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 not be um uh, let's not get um, angry that we're in a season where maybe we have to be corrected more or there's more attention needs to be paid because we <laughs> we're prone to wander. Because guess what? You know what? Next month you may be that sheep that's, you know, again, right as rain and content and there's another sheep that needs more um, guidance. But but th- we're, we're going to go through those seasons and that's why he's called the good shepherd.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not the good sheep. It's the good shepherd. Amen. goodness. All right, we're talking with Jonathan Seidel. This is the website, findrestnow.com, findrestnow.com. And you can find the book and the workbook and some other resources uh, that John has graciously put together to help other people going through uh, some of the things that he's gone through and continues to, to work through. It's a journey, people. It's a journey. We're all walking on it, and it's good to walk. Uh, I'm curious John as you've been open about this and talking about this I'm sure that makes you a magnet for every person who's dealing with OCD or anxiety or depression what what have you what have you run into what have you seen out there as you've you've talked to people who you know found your book and presumably it's helped them what have you seen
1: So I, there's been two to three really interesting things that um Uh, have popped up i think the first one and this is uh again about trying to do a haughty spirit here right but just people have said i finally feel like i have a voice Mm -hmm. right (laughs) and um why that's so validating to me is because when i first came out and started talking about this as a christian i published an article on the popular nonprofit, i am second about this called it's time to tell the world my secret and that just blew up and there was just so many people who said man um I've been going to church my whole life and we just don't talk about this stuff and um while i think we've made strides for sure in the last five years i still think there's an idea that you know we'll talk about cancer diagnoses and we'll talk about you know struggles in our marriage even but when it comes to mental health it just for whatever reason that's kind of a taboo subject and i think it's probably because we um, we feel like well I'm just not having enough faith or I'm not praying enough or I'm not doing X Y and Z and so and so God's kind of doling this out to me which just isn't true yeah. and um and so I think that's that's one aspect that I've heard a lot is thank you for for giving me voice and I say hey listen I'm just you know <laughs> a jar of clay right um, and so that would be the first thing the second thing would be, um, I've gotten so many comments and emails and DMs and stuff from spouses and loved ones. And so the book and the workbook have specific chapters for people who love people like me, Mm. (laughs) right? And um, in in a sense, I mean, I I put that chapter in there and then expanded on it um, uh, because my wife was so vocal in a good way. And uh, and so it's not like I was shocked that people responded to it. But what was shocking was the amount of people that reached out and said, thank you. And so one example was um, actually pretty early on in the book. There was a couple in in our church whose marriage was on the rocks and he had just gotten diagnosed with um, OCD. And uh, he read the book and he said, oh, my gosh, like this is me. He gave it to his wife right before they read the book. She had filed divorce papers. And uh, they were separated, living apart. They both read the book. And um, within a week of that, she they were on a trip to SeaWorld together with the whole family. And she looks over and says, hey, I just want to let you know the divorce papers have been withdrawn. Mm. And I don't say that as a testament to me, but it's a testament to God, right? And, and so what was really big for them is, for the first time, they could understand each other. Right? Yeah. Is that yeah. is that there was language? There was a universal language, if you will, that they could now talk about. Right. So she reads the book and says, "Oh, this is what's going on in him." Right. He reads the book and says, "Oh, this is what's going on in me." Now this makes sense, and they kind of put the pieces together. And yeah. praise God, I saw him. I saw him in church uh, on Sunday at Easter, worshiping with their three kids. And man, I just I look up at God. I almost started crying on Sunday because I'm just like, thank you, Lord. Like the fact that you would use. This book, in that way, is huge. So I would say those are the two oh, yeah.
0: big things:
1: um, finding a voice and, and families being really heard.
0: In, in my extremely limited experience, um, I it seems like there is a huge gap between those who deal with these things and those who don't. And that gap is uh, is an understanding gap. Because, like, why are that? Why is that person like that? You know, why? And I think. Mm, again this is this is anecdotal but some of the damage comes from the the person who doesn't suffer with certain things trying to deal with the person who does suffer with these mm-hmm. things because you just don't know how to go about it is that yes. common?
1: absolutely right And it was it was common in my marriage randy that's why i talk about in the book in the workbook how getting my diagnosis was actually one of the most freeing days of my life Mm, and and i think i may have said this um uh in our last interview but if if you if you look back in creation in the genesis story right uh, what was adam's job he was given the responsibility to name the animals (laughs) and when you name something you gain power over it right It, it shows a dominion the hierarchy of creation. So I think when we name what's going on inside of us, it's not a sign of weakness, right? It's a it, it actually is the gateway to finally dealing with it, yeah. right? Yeah. So before I was diagnosed Randy, my wife and I we just man, we were both pulling our hair out. I mean, how do you think I went bald, right? <laughs> um, you know, it was just we were both just like we felt like ships passing in the night not necessarily in the in the traditional sense of you know we were estranged or not really living together but like our conversations we just were not on the same page once i got diagnosed oh now we know what we're dealing with okay so john when you say this it actually means this oh and brett my Mm -hmm. wife's name is brett when brett says this she's not attacking you right she's just really trying to seek understanding so um So yes, all that to yeah. say, it, it, that was true in my marriage, and it's been true in a lot of relationships and marriages, that once we actually name it, then we can face it.
0: Well, and, and to have a resource to help understanding, whether it's within yourself, whether it's within someone that you love, uh, that's, it's almost like a Google translator when you guys are speaking oh. different languages. Now you go, oh, that's, yeah, now I, I start to see. Great analogy. Right. Mm -hmm. Last thing I I want to do, because I know that hope in anyone's situation, whether you're dealing with it yourself, uh, whether it's named or unnamed, um, or whether it's someone you love, I know that hope is critical. And as Christians, we believe that there is always hope. Uh, what would, what is the thing, where where does your hope come from? Where where, where can you point other people from your experience to say, I know there's hope because of
1: this? there's there's two stories in the Bible that really um, give me a lot of hope, right? The first is the uh, the story of Job, and so I talk about the book of Job a lot in <laughs> it's a the hard book in story. the Word. <laughs> yeah, I, but I call it the most important book of the Bible, right? Because I think it helps us it helps us um, know and understand that God is still a good and powerful God despite the tragedies and the junk. Right, that we go through. And what I love about Job, it it helps me in my mental health, right? But it also helps people who are going through struggling marriages, who are going through wayward children, Mm -hmm. right? So that's the first story. And you can read more in in the book, in the workbook of how I unpack that. The second is Paul, right? I mean, if you look at Paul, right? If if there's a Mount Rushmore of faith, I mean, Paul is on it, right? And yet he talks about the thorn in his flesh. He talks about the fact that I do what I don't want to do right? Mm-hmm. I mean, here, here you have these um, two instances with Paul where, man, he's, he's going through some stuff and yet he has hope in Jesus, right? You just read all the all the rest of the, the words that Paul writes in the New Testament. And so where I settle, it's called the proper theology of suffering. And again, I unpack this a little bit more in the book, in the workbook, but it's knowing that I'm not going to judge God by my circumstances. I'm going to judge my circumstances by who I know God is. And I'm I'm going to be praying. I'm going to believe believe in faith that He can do these things, right? Mm-hmm. It, but but if He doesn't do it on my timeline, it, He's not a bad God. He's not an angry God. He's He's not a horrible you know God. He's still a good God. He's actually using it to refine me and to redefine me. Yeah. And I just know that hey, it's just me that has to go on that storm a little longer until Jesus calms it.
0: I. One of my favorite stories in the bible is where the uh the the man i forget what he has he couldn't walk he was lowered through the ceiling to get to jesus right and i mean i was raised on that story and it's like oh you know they really wanted to get to it was the story the way i learned it was about how bad do you want to to get to jesus because then he'll, he'll heal you right and there's certainly that thread but I was reading it one day, just going through. You know, hey, I'm going to read this gospel, and I hit that story, and it stuck out to me that when they lowered him down, is obviously the guy needed healing. Jesus had been healing people; that was the whole goal. I mean, that was that was it. What does he do? He says, "Your sins are forgiven." Yes. Like, they didn't even ask for that. I mean, that wouldn't even that that nobody. Had brought that subject up but he forgave mm. he said your sins are forgiven and then he said oh and and get up and he healed him physically yes right and i thought okay what why why is that and, and a couple of things hit me and i think one is that the greater miracle is not the physical healing it is the forgiveness of sins yes because the whatever healing you get in this life you're still gonna your body's gonna die But when you are spiritually reborn, your sins are forgiven, then your spirit will live for eternity. And that is God's greater goal. That is his primary concern. And so I think I I take from that, because I mean, I've dealt with my own physical stuff, uh, more physical than than mental, you know, and lost loved ones way too early. And you go, okay, the physical stuff, is temporary. These afflictions are light in the scope of eternity. But the hope that we have eternity alive and with God uh, and without the temporary pain that we're going through, the hardship we're going through, whether it's physical or mental, uh, that's the greater thing. Yes. Dis- yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. I
1: love that. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I was actually been, um, uh, I've been in the book of Mark a lot, mm-hmm. right? And so that story appears in the book mm-hmm. of Mark as well. And um, and yeah, it's it's like, you know, we're we're out here and Paul calls them, and I love that you said this, Paul calls them momentary afflictions. He does. Right? And so God cares way more about what's in here than what's out here. Yeah. That doesn't mean he doesn't care, by right, the way. Right. But in the grand scheme of eternity and life and everything, What's in here is is way more important. So if he's gonna he he may allow me like Paul, to experience momentary afflictions because he knows that on the what it does to me on the inside where it forces me into his arms where it forces me to trust him yeah. where it 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 forces me to realize you know one of the one of the phrases I just I'm gonna say hate because it's it's actually apropos here is you are enough right you hear that a lot oh you are enough no, you're not enough. Like if you are enough, there would be no reason for Jesus to come. Right. So I, uh, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I think what's interesting in that story too, is he says, you know, like you said, Oh, and Oh, by the way, you're healed. The only reason he's uh, uh, what he says is so that you can see that the son of man, like really has the power to forgive sins. So even the miracle was really just to bolster and say, well, for me to say I can forgive sins, let me show you this miracle so you know that I'm actually someone yeah, who can yeah, forgive
0: sins. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because again cuz that's the greater purpose. Yes. And and I think there's hope in that because when you're in that momentary and light affliction, it does not feel momentary and it does not feel light. Yep. But when you when when your sins are forgiven, you are spiritually reborn. There is that hope that okay, this will eventually go away whether it's tomorrow or next week or when I, you know, step into eternity eternity. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's going to, and I will, I will be whole, uh, and it's going to be all right. I think that's the message is it'll, it'll be okay. God's got this. He, he is Christ is enough. I'm not Christ is enough. John, love the conversation. Anything you want to add before I let you go? No, Randy,
1: these are always such great conversations. So thank you so much. Just like you said, if anyone wants to see more, get the book, get the workbook. I have a course out now. They can go to findrestnow.com.
0: Great. Do check out the website. Uh, And if you need a little rest, you you have a loved one uh, who may be dealing with this, good resource. Uh, Don't be afraid to dive into it. It'll help you. Appreciate you being here. Uh, finding the rest of the book and the workbook are out available right now no wherever you get books. And we appreciate you being here. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today. But Lord, I just come as a bankrupt sinner saying, Lord, have mercy on me.